I saw last week that Elon Musk made the news for tweeting, right? He makes the news for tweeting. Uh, but the reality is that the, the algorithms of the internet probably put this particular news story in front of me for a different reason, not because it was Elon Musk, but because it was about cognitive biases. Now, I read all sorts of articles about psychology and stuff, but something I've actually made a, a very active study of is cognitive biases. It's all the weird ways that our brain works. And I've been looking for an excuse for a little while to, to talk about what, what I think is both the world's most profitable and the world's most dangerous cognitive bias or mental shortcut. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today in the context of, of that. These are the proven direct response, marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. Okay, so if you watch Breakthrough Marketing Secrets as a video, you can see that I, I'm sharing my screen um, with this graphic of 50 cognitive biases. If you are a podcast listener, this might be one that you want to look up on, on YouTube. Um, but basically what you see here, this is, this is the graphic, the, the infographic that Elon Musk uh, tweeted. And this is a list of 50 different cognitive biases uh, to be aware of so that you can be the best version of you, is what it says. And uh, I, I love how this particular graphic, and I'll make sure to link it in the description, I love how this particular graphic actually uh, identifies different areas where this cognitive bias comes up a lot. So things like memory, um, social biases, learning biases, belief biases, money biases, politics biases. Um, and, and it shows how these different cognitive biases come up. And specifically, it gives some uh, sometimes funny examples for how these different uh, biases play out. Um, like it, it gives an example. So the one in and I mean, there, there's so much good in here, but the one in particular that I want to focus on here uh, is the confirmation by, by the way, what's a, what is a cognitive bias? What is, well, so our, our brains actually don't pro like our, our conscious brain cannot process all of the information that is coming at us. Our brains cannot hold all the information like every day when we are going out, we're encountering the world, there's all sorts of information that's coming at us. And today, like with access to the internet and media and all of that, it's so much more than ever before. And so our brains have always used shortcuts to come to conclusions. Now, those shortcuts do not actually lead us to the truth. What those shortcuts are designed to do, these thinking shortcuts um, that are sometimes called heuristics, they are, they're designed to get us to a useful conclusion or a useful answer as fast as possible. And that can be wrong if it is useful in the sense that it aids our survival, basically. Like it is, it is, it is the thinking patterns that aid and enable our survival. Um, and that's, that's what a cognitive bias is. It's, it's not necessarily accurate thinking. It's, it is a thinking pattern that aids our survival. And oftentimes today, especially because these have developed over 
generations upon generations upon generations upon generations, um, especially today in our changing environment, like some of these things can be pretty dangerous as they get um, as as our our shortcuts work to try to process all the information that's in front of us today. Uh, one of the biggest ones, the one that I think is in particular the most profitable and dangerous cognitive bias is the confirmation bias. And let's see if I can zoom in on this a little bit. Uh, it is going to get blurry. Okay, so the confirmation bias here, it's uh, on the left with the picture of the UFO. <laughs> we tend to find and remember information that confirms our perceptions. We tend to find and remember information that confirms our perceptions. And the silly little uh, this silly little uh, example here shows a picture of UFO. It says you can confirm a conspiracy theory based on scant evidence while ignoring contrary evidence. So going into a little bit more detail on the confirmation bias, basically we agree with things that confirm our suspicions, our current beliefs, things that are aligned with people who we respect. Now, we're going to get into all of these these cognitive biases. They bleed into each other, right? Um, but if 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 we see someone who we tend to agree with, and they say something else, we're going to tend to agree with that. Um, and and then we're going to go out and look for evidence in support of that. But the other thing that happens is as soon as we make a decision that something can't be true, something isn't true, something is not in alignment with what we want to be true, then we actually ignore the evidence that would actually lead to us changing our mind. Like we do not like to change our mind. So we would rather look for things that confirm our pre-existing beliefs and decisions and completely disregard things that will upend our current beliefs and decisions. So I'm going to stop screen sharing here and keep talking to you. So why is this the most profitable and the most dangerous mental shortcut? Well, let's start with let's start with the profitable. Um, so as a copywriter, as somebody who is in marketing, I know in hindsight, usually that I have used the confirmation bias over and over and over again in order to create the sales pitch that I want. And copywriters in particular are great at <laughs> implementing the confirmation bias and turning it into a message that we put out into the world. That doesn't mean that we're right or wrong, right? But we're really good at this. So for example, in the course of coming up with a, with a sales pitch for a product that we're given, we can come up with a big idea. This, this has happened to me um, before, actually um, specific to a, I'll, I'll give you an example, specific to a, a product that I worked on a few years ago that I've talked about publicly before. Uh, a client had a backup solar generator that was, um, it, it's built inside an EMP resistant housing. It's, it's got basically a Faraday cage built around this backup solar generator so that if an electromagnetic pulse comes down from the sun or whatever, right? If, if this EMP comes down, the electricity should actually go around the, the sensitive electronics on the inside of the solar generator. And, um, and 
thus not damage those sensitive electronics. So after an EMP from solar storm or a human attack, this backup solar generator should still work. And um, I, was, I was working with a client. We were trying to land on a big idea for the promotion at the time. And I saw this news article, or I had recently seen this news article for a piece of Russian space junk that wasn't actually space junk. It was, um, it was launched up as part of a normal launch and it broke off. And at first it was just doing nothing. Um, there were other satellites that came from that launch, uh, but this other piece was just being tracked. And then suddenly it started moving around. And so it was called Object 2014-28E because it was launched in 2014. And suddenly there were all of these news articles about what if this is a space weapon. And, um, and, and so combining here, like space weapon, uh, satellite killer, whatever this like crazy satellite thing is from Russia, that's this unidentified satellite and EMPs. Okay, how do those go together? Well, as I'm researching EMPs, I figure out that if a nuclear weapon is detonated at high altitude, it creates a high altitude EMP. It creates an electromagnetic pulse. Like the, the radiation from the nuclear detonation does not get down to the earth, but the electrical waves of energy do. And in fact, there's been some significant, there was some significant testing during the Cold War of high altitude ex nuclear explosions creating EMPs. And those tests were done by both the USSR and by the US. And these were well-documented, especially the US one was well-documented with pictures and stuff. Like there was actually, a there was parties in Hawaii as this was happening and like observation parties, et cetera. So, um, so, so I say, crazy satellite thing going on right now, high altitude nuclear detonation creating an EMP. What if that satellite connects and, uh, and, and uh, creates this, this EMP? Like what if that satellite contained a nuclear weapon or a satellite like it contained a nuclear weapon that was specifically designed to launch an EMP attack? And so I found that big idea. And then getting back to this confirmation bias, I just went down the rabbit hole. What is everything that I can find that confirms this story is at the very least plausible, possible? And is this a realistic possibility? And so I'm going down that rabbit hole. I'm finding the research and I'm good at researching. So I found a lot of research that I was able to then connect the dots and it was all confirmation bias. Now, I believe that the product itself solved the problem that we were presenting in this promotion. And I believe that all of those dots could be connected in that research. I am not saying that I lied. I'm not saying that I misled anybody or anything. Like I, I cited all the research for that promotion. It is really easy to do that as a copywriter. It's really easy to do that as a copywriter for something like that. It's also really easy to do that as a copywriter for something that maybe doesn't work at all. That's the snake oil salesman. That's the, the huckster. That's the person who's pitching just bunk. Um, and once you have done it as a copywriter, 
use that confirmation bias to come up with a narrative, it's really easy to get someone else to believe it. And that's why this is so profitable because we can come up with almost any story that we want once we come up with an idea that we want to believe is true. And as copywriters, like this happens in long form direct response a lot. It can happen with investment copy. It can happen with health copy. It can happen with, with survivalist copy. It can happen in all sorts of different spaces. And, um, and, and I guess it's, it's just worth knowing <laughs> that that's true. It's worth paying attention to the fact that that's true. And it's worth making sure that you're using this honestly and ethically as a copywriter, as a marketer, such that you are kind of fact-checking yourself and making sure that the conclusions that you come up to or the narratives that you can create are consistent with at least a, a probable reality for the prospects from the prospect's perspective. Uh, is this person going to feel duped at the end of the day, or are they going to feel like you created a true story for them? And whether or not it came true, like that space attack, it hasn't come true yet, but it is a possible scenario. Uh, also, EMPs from the sun are a possible scenario. And people are able to sleep a little bit more soundly at night because they got that backup solar generator. There's lots of other ways that this, this confirmation bias is incredibly profitable. Uh, you can take Facebook and Google and all the algorithm-driven content networks, whether it's social media content or news media content or whatever, all of this algorithm-driven content creates an echo chamber where the, the algorithms have figured out that, oh, this person believes this thing, and so they're going to be interested in more information about, um, about things that confirm their belief. And it's just going to keep feeding that person, that user, you and me, content that confirms our biases. And it's going to notice that we don't tend to click on content that, that would potentially question our biases. And so it's going to keep feeding us this information that if we're not bringing awareness of our own confirmation bias to, to, the, to the table here, that it's going to keep feeding us this information that is going to lead us down a rabbit hole, not of finding the truth, but of finding things that confirm what we already believe, whether it's true or not. Uh, the other thing that happens is, is, is this happens socially. So I, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into politics here, but there's a lot of in-group affinity and mindless agreement that is going on in this world right now. That once you decide that you're on side A or side B, um, that, that you just agree and look for things that agree with side A if you're on side A, or you agree and look for things that agree if you're on side B. And it's this mindless agreement that is all based on this confirmation bias. We don't want to feel like we made the wrong decision. We don't want to feel like we came to the wrong conclusion. And so we only consume content that agrees with, that confirms our pre-existing beliefs and notions. And so we get into this head nodding phenomenon where we're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it doesn't matter if we're right or wrong. We just want to feel like we got it right from the beginning. We just want to feel like, like you know, people agree with us, right? And um, this is so, so, so 
like this is super profitable for the media companies for for marketers like once once you once you get someone feeling like hey i'm on your side you get their head nodding then you can take them in almost any direction that you want or you come up with a big idea and you start to find all this research that that you can use to support it whether it actually does factually support it or not you can get them to do what you want them to do. You can get them to believe what you want them to believe. You just have to make them think that the sequence of beliefs that they go through is a confirmation of their pre-existing biases, prejudices, beliefs, uh, picture, uh, perception of reality, whatever, right? You just have to get them to think that they are basically confirming their own correct opinion. And make sure that they are, don't feel like they're questioning themselves or questioning the people that they trust or questioning uh, the group that they're a part of or whatever. Now, this is dangerous, of course, for the exact same reasons. I mean, you get in that algorithm echo chamber and you can get further and further away from the truth. And I will say both, both groups A and B can get further and further away from the truth and further and further away from each other and like break bonds of society by constantly only confirming their own beliefs and not connecting with each other, not being open to being uh, disconfirmed to, to evidence that actually disproves the beliefs that you have. Um, and, and this happens in algorithms on the internet. This happens socially. It happens person to person. It happens it happens everywhere that there are humans that this confirmation bias is going on. And so like the most important thing that you can do with this information, the most important thing that you can do is understand it. The second most important thing that you can do is protect yourself from being misguided by the confirmation bias. And my favorite way of doing this is I ensure as big of a diversity of inputs as possible. I have my own, I have my own beliefs and biases, definitely. I have my own political leanings, I have my own whatever. I always try to take in inputs. I try to teach the algorithms on the internet to give me inputs from multiple sides. Now, I tend to steer clear of the most extreme, um, but I ask them to give me somewhat mainstream inputs on both sides so I can understand the different perspectives. Uh, and a super valuable practice is something that happens if you ever get like in, on debate team or in debate, right, into debate. One of the things that you have to do to be successful in debate is to be able to argue the alternative viewpoint to be able to argue against your preconceived, your pre-held notions. And so if you are able to, for example, if you're on team A, to be able to argue what team B's perspective on a situation is and go through the evidence and go through confirmation bias to like try to get to that conclusion so that you could argue it against a member of team A and win, then you are protecting yourself from the confirmation bias by getting this more robust perspective where you understand pros and cons from both sides. And then importantly, you know, if you started watching this video because you were excited about the uh, most profitable mental shortcut, please use this ethically. I mean, please, 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 
Like recognize that you have this confirmation bias and even let yourself go along and discover these interesting narratives that you can use in your marketing. But make sure that you're not misrepresenting your products, your services, your promises, like what you can actually do for your prospect. Make sure that at the end of the day that you're serving everybody, that you're serving your, your, your prospect, your customer, that you're serving your community, the world. Make sure yeah, you're also serving yourself too, like that's business, right? But make sure you're using this ethically and that you're not misleading people with it. And this is the type of thing that's fascinated me for a long time. And in fact, uh, a little bit back, I sat down and I recorded an in-depth training called Sleight of Pin, which is all about these different advanced persuasion techniques used by copywriters and salespeople. And in there, I actually did a bonus video all about different cognitive biases. And it actually took over 180 different cognitive biases. I used this, this super cool graphic that I shared. Uh, it, it took over 180. Elon Musk shared 50, right? This, this took over 180. And it broke them down into four big categories and shortcuts so, to help you just kind of understand um, the different ways that our brains work using these shortcuts. And, um, and, and how that might be useful as a marketer. But just like this video, I did want you to promise, I do ask that if you go through this training that you promise to use these skills ethically and for the mutual benefit of you and your prospects, for the benefit of the world, for the benefit of your community, like use these for good. They can be used for good. They can sure as heck be used for evil. They can be used for manipulation. They can be used to make yourself better. They can make, be used to make the world better. They can also be used to make yourself worse and make the world worse. So please use them for the good of everybody, including yourself. And if you want to check that out, it's part of my BTMS Insiders training library, which is like Netflix for copywriting and marketing training. I'll link directly to the sleight of pen training as well as the all access pass, which gets you access to everything. So I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Uh, if you're going to use confirmation bias, uh, make sure that you use it ethically, please. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I hope you've gotten a ton of value out of this. The way that you show me that is by tapping that like button and leaving comments, reviews, etc. Uh, and by subscribing, you can subscribe here. You can also go to BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com where you can sign up for my daily emails, including episode notifications and more exclusive content for email subscribers. One last time, I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I always aim to deliver as much value as possible, and I hope that I've done that today. I'll catch you again in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.